to the very first episode of the Withered Hands Music um, podcast. Um, I'm not sure why I called it that, but I couldn't actually think of a better name. And um, well, I wanted to call it that. Um, yeah, that was Dying Fetus um, as an intro there. Um, I went to see Dying Fetus, I believe it was in 2010, or is it nine? No, 2010, I think. Yeah, and um, yeah, I can on honestly, the main thing I remember about that is that it scared the living shit out of me. The whole thing, like. I'd never really been to a death metal festival before. Well, it wasn't really a festival, it was just a gig at the um, London Coco. And um, the headliners were Cannibal Corpse. And I, at the time, I was like a support worker. And um, I took a service user, as they're called, um, with me to the gig. And he was a huge Cannibal Corpse fan, and um, I was as well. So we, you know, we went to a gig. It was cool, because the company would pay for travel and stuff. And... um, Although I, I had to promise I wasn't going to drink, and um, I had to look after him, of course, and it's very hard to do that at a um, death metal show. Um, but yeah, like I, I just mainly remember, like it was kind of like it was going okay. I mean, Trigger the Bloodshed were playing first, and they were okay, but the sound was really bad. And um, and then you had annotations of an autopsy, which were they were fucking insane. I remember like the bass was I could feel the bass all the way through my body, and with the drums as well, which is ah and. Like the singer, the big, the big bald guy. Like I think it's Regal or Regan or something like that. He scared me, and he he had that presence about him, which was like, you know, do not fuck with me, you know, stuff like that. And um, but it, w- it was an amazing show, and I just remember like I was trying to look after this guy when Dying Fetus came on, and because when they came on, all of the crowd appeared, and um, it was just it went insane, and like there was about I don't know five, six hundred people, probably not that much, maybe an exaggeration, but like. They just absolutely went crazy, and the guys are dying fetus. I mean, they were putting on a great show, but they were like, they wanted people to like literally go mental, and I wasn't used to that. And I'm like trying to protect him, and it kind of wasn't working. And uh, in the end, like he was getting like punched around and stuff by all these people. And in the end, I was just like, all right, just just fuck it, just just go mental. So he did, and he did what um, you know a lot of people know as he, he entered the mosh pit. But the funny thing about it was like he did that, and the only people he ended up attacking were these two women that were behind him. And um, they were just stood there like, what are you doing, you know? And um, But they just, oh, it was like, I was just staring at him like, what the hell? And um, yeah, because he just went for these two women. And there is actually a, a video on YouTube somewhere of me and him. Um, we're in the middle of the show and um, you actually see me ask him if he's all right. And I don't know if you can see the response, but you, you see me there with my glasses on. And like, glasses on at a death metal gig is not a good idea. I mean, I wish I was wearing contacts, but I've tried contacts. They, they don't work. But, um, yeah, he was... Uh, well, they do work for some people, they just don't work for me. And um, But, oh, yeah, I was wearing my glasses. And you can see me quite clearly look at him, and I'm like, are you all right? And um, he's just like, he's going mental. He, he doesn't care. But it was a great show. It was it was a really good... It was really good. I mean, Cannibal Courts were amazing. And, um, yeah, it, on the whole, it was brilliant. I mean, Trigger the Bloodshed, as I say, sound problems. But the rest of it was, like, fantastic. Anyway, on to the show. Um... Yeah, my f- my first my first time doing this, I don't really know what to do. I'm I'm literally just gonna like play music that I love really, and um, music that um, I think other people you know should listen to. Oh, that's a bit patronised. I don't mean it that way. Like people that maybe don't know it as much, like could maybe come away from this and enjoy it. And um, I need to make the point clear that I'm not earning anything for this, and um, I'm not trying to like rip off bands and play their stuff for no reason. I, I want people to listen to this and to like the music they hear and to go out and buy the CD, you know, either Amazon or even go to the source, you know, buy them from the band. I mean, at least that way you know they're getting the money, you know. 
I mean, Amazon and eBay are great, but I mean, how much of that money goes to the actual artist, you know? But um, yeah, this is my forum to pretty much play music that I love and hopefully other people will love. I mean, I'll play stuff that I, you know, I don't usually play, I suppose. Because um, so as time goes by, I mean, I'll listen to new stuff and I'll, I want to um, give people a chance to hear it, you know. And um, I mean, you might like it, you may not like it, but it's worth a try, you know, it's music. As I say, I mean, we started with the intro with Dino Thetis there. Um, that was um, a song called Subject to a Beating. It's off the Reign Supreme album, which I actually consider, I mean, one of their best. I mean, it's one of their latest, but or it is their latest, but I think it's a brilliant album. It's very clean, but in a brutal br brutal sort of way, you know. And I, I think it, it speaks volumes. I mean, I've listened to older stuff, and I love it and that, but old-style death metal is great, but the sound is sometimes a bit lost and um i like being able to listen to it and understand what's going on i mean maybe that's me being stupid i don't know but i'm not one of these like you know like the black metal fans that are like you know raw is always the best i mean i don't consider raw is always the best raw is good but sometimes you want to listen and you want to appreciate the work that's gone into it i mean i don't want stuff that's overproduced but i want it to sound like it's you know someone's attempted to produce it you know but um anyway yeah I, i'll um i'll shut up now and um, I'll start things off. I'm going to start things um, with a, a band um, called Black Sun AM. And um, <coughs> the song I'm going to play is called Frozen. And um, it's off uh, an album called Router or Ruta. And um, a bit of background. I mean, Black Sun AM, they're, they're from Finland. And it's, you know, it's mainly a guy. Um, he's called Thomas um, Sukunen or something like that. Um, they're not actually around anymore. He's, he's kind of given up on all his projects, apparently. And he started, he's in a band now called Wolfheart. I mean... I'm not sure if it's one of his solo things or it's something he's grouped up. I've not really researched it as much as I really should have. But um, this is a song that I, I absolutely love. And um, I think it's a great way to start off things. And I think the guy is really talented. And um, the album for Darkness Walks Beside Me was, in my eyes, flipping phenomenal, you know. And um, probably better than the Router album. But um, I, I absolutely love this song. So I'm going to play this song. Um, so, yeah, um, I'll get this underway. Here it is. <laughs>
so the first song there was, of course, uh, Black Sun Ian with um, Frozen. And um, the second one, which I believe is an absolute classic, that was The Forever People by My Dying Bride. And um, I always remember when I got the DVD, I think it was like 18 or something, like the Four Darkest Eyes DVD, and um, I watched it, and the whole show was amazing. Like, I wish I'd been there. I think it was like recorded in 96 or something. And um, I remember watching that, and then that was like the last song they did. I'm sure they'd done the last song. That was their last song for ages. Um, when I went to see them, um, they did The Dreadful Hours as the last song. Now, don't get me wrong, that's an amazing song, but nothing gets you moving like the Forever People, you know? I mean, you want to go out of the gig like, you know, proper pumped up maybe, you know? But, um, yeah, so that was My Dying Bride from their um, debut full album um, as um, The Flower Withers. And, yeah, I mean, I love that album. I mean, I thought their early stuff was brilliant. And um, I'm not one of these people that kind of went off them when they stopped the whole growling and they incorporated more clean vocals because I think clean vocals have a place in all sorts of music and kind of growling does as well. I mean, well, maybe kind of growling in, like, music that's pop popular, you know, what they call pop music. But, um, yeah, My Dying Bride, I think they incorporated it all really well. And, um, yeah, it, it worked, you know. And... Uh, yeah, I kind of realise I'm saying and uh, and and um a lot, and I'm going to try and stop that. My um, when it comes down to like my dying bride and stuff, I mean, people talk about like the original, like the peaceful free. You know, like you've got Paradise Lost, you've got an Anathema, who I used to call an Anathema, but I heard them say Anathema, so I, I call them that now. Um, anathema, and uh, of course my dying bride. And I, when I first saw my dying bride, it was actually I believe it was the Unholy Trinity tour, and uh, it was Paradise Lost. My Dying Bride and Anathema at the beginning. And Anathema, flipping, I believe they were the band of the evening that night. And if you look at the music, like, they all kind of started, like, more doomy, growly, you know, stuff like that. And Anathema are nothing like that anymore. They've gone very proggy. And um, they incorporate the clean vocals. They've got the female vocalist. Um, yeah, she um, <laughs> she suits it really well. I mean, their last album was one of my favourite albums of all time, The Weather Systems, right? And um, I think it's flawless from beginning to end. And they, with the DVD as well, I think they really like showed everything off. I believe I could be. I think it's like Bulgaria or something. And maybe I'm wrong, but that DVD, yeah, it's fantastic. And but yeah, like they say, like the original three, and a lot of people talk about like Peaceful. Like they really like they they kind of helped form loads of bands. Like they they were the label for loads of these bands that started off with. I mean. I know Paradise Lost went off and they were part of um, Century Media. I'm not sure if they still are. Anathema are now part of the K-Scope or Scope or however it's spelt. And I suppose it helps with the style of music because the way peace, uh, Peaceful are, I mean, I don't know if Anathema really would suit their record label anymore. I mean, I'm not really one to say, but for me, I mean, with record labels, you have that sort of, you know, this is the sort of band. But then again, like, you've got Metal Blade who... In time, their their two top acts were Cannibal Corpse and the Goo Goo Dolls. Now you can't get two completely different bands than that, you know. And they're they're both in their own way. They're both brilliant. I mean, I'm a big fan of the early Goo Goo Dolls stuff. Not really the slushier stuff that they kind of turned into. Iris, although, is a fantastic song, and um, for a fantastic film, I've always been a fan of City of Angels. Um, but yeah, Cannibal Corpse as well. Like they well. Like with George Fisher, I like when, of course, as I was saying earlier with the Dying Peter's gig, I was lucky enough to meet him, and he was a really cool guy and a huge fucking neck. You know, I mean, ever you, you see him, he's like a trunk. You know, he's like his neck is like bigger than both your hands put together, and like there's no way you could strangle that guy. Um, yeah, but he he was a really nice guy, and um, 
yeah, I mean, Cannibal Corpse again, another band. I, d- I didn't really get into till quite late in, um, I mean, I think I was in my m- early 20s when I got into Cannibal Corpse. I used to, when I was younger, I used to be into like all new metal and stuff like that. Like everyone is when you're my age, you know, you go through that stage. Everyone goes through like a Nirvana stage as well. I mean, I, I think I did, but it wasn't very long. I wasn't, I kind of lost interest in Nirvana after a while. They all sounded the same. Um, which, you know, although I could say that the music I like is all very similar, I suppose, and a lot of people say that the music I listen to is depressing and all this stuff, but I don't find it depressing, I find it helpful, I mean, and if you're depressed, you want to hear something beautiful that kind of like, you realise why you're alive, you know, and um, there's like a, there's like a brilliant passage in um, one of the My Silent Wake albums that Ian Arkley wrote, and um, I don't actually have the CD on me. I'm my girlfriend's borrowing them. I'm trying to get her into my silent wake because I've totally got mad on them at the moment. And I'm trying to get everything they do. I, I think actually I have, apart from their latest stuff. Um, they did like an ambient session. I, n- I need to buy that. Um, I don't really want to download it because that's cool and everything. But I'm one of these people. I like having the physical thing in my hands. I think a lot of people like that. I mean, I won't lie. I have downloaded. I do download, but. I'm the sort of person, if I like music, I will buy it. I'm not just one of these people that lives um, just for the downloads. I like sitting in my room. I like putting a CD in. I like looking at the artwork and reading the lyrics and stuff like that. Um, but then you have bands that I love as well. I mean, there's like bands like The Angelic Process. Um, the poor the guy killed himself um, a few years ago. Um, it's a shame because the album they did before he actually did that was one of the best albums I've ever heard. And in later episodes, I'll play more of um, Angelic Process. Um, but in the same vein, I mean, you've got bands like Nadja, or I don't really know how it's pronounced, but I pronounce it Nadja. And they're very simple. You don't really have any lyrics in theirs. It's just like a little like a skatefold sort of thing. There's no booklet or anything. And it just says, oh, this person made this album, you know, and this is what they do. And that's all it really is. And um, which, you know, simplistic's good, but sometimes I want to know what's being said in the songs that I'm listening to especially ones where some of the vocals are inaudible. And I listen to a lot of Funeral Doom and a lot of the vocals are inaudible. And um, I want to know exactly what they're going on about. The music is beautiful, but I want to know if the music um, isn't just like the, um, how do I put it, like like you're listening to it. I don't, I know what I mean. I mean, I need to think about it a bit more. (coughs) if If I remember, I'll come back to it. Um, anyway, I'm rambling on again. I'm going to play some more stuff. Yeah, I'm going to play... Um, the next stuff I'm going to play is uh, a band called The Foreshadowing. Now, again, I'm still quite new to these. I've only really like, been into them for a couple of years. I know they've been around a lot longer than I've um, been into them. Um, the song I'm going to play is called Hope, She's in the Water. Now, this is my favourite song off the album, but again, I think the album is amazing like from beginning to end. The Dawning, which is the opening track, like got me kind of hooked on them. And at first, I was a bit funny about the voice. Like, didn't know if I really liked that kind of gothicy sort of singing style. But it took a while, and it I kind of really took to it because it's got like the doom elements, like the way the guitars, like like the twin guitars, and the like the atmospherics behind it with the orchestral stuff and all that. And anyway, yeah, um, this is um, Hope She's in the Water, and it's from an album called Oinos, and. Again, I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's spelled O-I-O-N-O-S. I I suggest going out and buying it because I personally think it's brilliant. Um, Yeah, so anyway, I'm going to play this and um, there'll probably be a couple more after that and I'll explain what they are when I come back. But yeah, here we go. (laughs) 
Pretty much playing a lot of Doom Death stuff on this, but no, fuck it, I don't care. My show, I do what I want. Um, if there's anyone out there that has any suggestions of me changing the style, then just feel free to say. Um, yeah, so we started off with the foreshadowing there with their song Hope She's in the Water. Uh, again, like with the gothicy vocals, but I thought there's quite a lot of Doom elements in the, the way the guitars are played. Um, fantastic album. Um, that followed that, that was uh, November's Doom with a song called Rain. That is off the Novella Reservoir album. Um, all these albums you can get off like Amazon or, you know, as I said earlier, go to the band's website, order from the band. Um, give them some cash for their hard work. Um, and after that, we had uh, Daylight Dies um, with a song called Woke Up Lost. Now that's off the Lost to the Living album. Not their latest album. That I think I think that was like the one before the last one they did. Um, the last one is called A Frail Becoming, and oh, that, in a way, you know, I think it's one of their best pieces, but the only, my only, like, little issue with it is that it seemed, it sounded a lot like Opeth, like, but with a different singer, 
like the guitar work was very similar. Now Opeth are quite proggy, and yet they've of course got their metal elements like death metal and stuff like that. Because um, uh, what's his name? Ah, oh, what's that? Anders? Is that his name? I think that's his name. Ah, oh, I can't remember his name. Anyone who knows the name, email the name of it. It's I, I should go on the internet and check. Um, that's so stupid. How can I not know the name of the singer of Opeth? Anyway, I'm I'm wasting airtime. Yeah, he his vocals are absolutely incredible, and he can do the really awesome like kind of like seventy style proggy singing, and he can also do like the up to date death vocals, like the growl and the grunt and all that stuff. And um, I really, yeah, no, brilliant, brilliant stuff from Daylight Dies and and Opeth, you know, with respect. Um, okay, so let's um, do some talk about some gigs that are upcoming. Um, we have we've got the Catatonia gig, which is on May the 16th. That's the Unplugged and Reworked European Tour. I'm going to be at that one. I'm going to be at the Union Chapel one. They've also got a show after that, which is at the Brudenall Social Club in Leeds. It's, um, I kind of like the Dethroned and Uncrowned album. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I thought Dead End Kings was a really good album as well. And when I went to see them a couple of years back with a friend of mine, they, w they were really balls to the wall. And I've seen them twice now, and I'm really looking forward to seeing them again. And it'll be strange <coughs> to see them out of their normal like metal I, was, I keep saying metal it's so cliche like they're uh, I'm just going to say like their loudness you know and um, I've always been a fan of Jonas Rinks's voice and Black Heme is an amazing guitarist although when you see them live he looks like he's just come out of the 70s with um, with this day and age clothing but yeah fucking brilliant um, some quick news on OPF the drummer um, Daniel he's actually left the band um, <coughs> he um yeah, I'll read a statement here. It says, um, Dear friends and fans, I've been thinking about this for the last couple of months and I've come to the sad conclusion that I have to leave the band. It's got nothing to do with the difference in views or any other bullshit. I just cannot combine job, family and commit 100% to Catatonia. Time for musicians are rough and I've decided to concentrate on my family and get a normal job and get the bills paid. Now, in all fairness, that's a really, it's a fair way of doing it. It's a respectful way and it is a hard time for musicians these days because a lot of people are just downloading illegally and they're not really putting the thought into like the bands that are actually trying to get their asses out there and work, like because this is their job, you know. For a lot, it's not their main job, but it's like they they need the money. Like they pay a lot of money to go into the recording studios. They need to see some of that money coming back. Now they're not they're not doing it just for the money. They're doing it for the fans to listen to it and to enjoy it, you know. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to the sil you know, the buck, you know. All comes down to that, and. Um, yeah, I think people forget that. Um, anyway, back to the events that are coming up. We've, there's a Doro gig on May the 19th. Now, it sucks that I can't go to that because I've I've been a fan of Doro for quite a while now. I love her voice. I've been a fan of, uh, since I listened to her on, she was on the Bruce Dickinson show. I think it was on BBC Six or something. And uh, where I used to live, like I used to listen to the radio on the TV, you know, like you do through Sky and stuff like that. And I just remember listening to that show and um, they were talking and she's a crazy, you know, crazy lady and, it was really funny, and Bruce didn't really know how to put himself a lot of the time, you know. She's quite a little minx, and, um, yeah, but I, I love her, and I love her voice. It's, you know, very old style, and, like, uh, yeah, and the cover of Nothing Else Matters that she did was brilliant. I thought that was fantastic. Um, not the biggest Metallica fan in the world, but I can respect them, and I think what she did with that song was fantastic. Um, also coming up, Mayhem, they've got a tour going on. They're playing at the Electric Ballroom. It's a bit of an odd venue for... Mayhem, I would say, but yeah, they're playing there. They're on uh, May the twenty-first. Um, for these, for those of you that 
love Aerosmith, you know, old style stuff. They're playing. Uh, they're going to be playing uh, at Clapham Common. Uh, that's on the 20th. Oh, sorry, yeah, the Mayhem. Uh, the Mayhem gig's on the 21st of May. Yeah, these are all May shows thus far. Um, yeah, I'm going to um, a gig. Oh, I'm going to Catatonia, as I said, this year um, on May the 16th with my friend who I went with previous. That's uh, it's going to be awesome. He's a big fan, and um, it's something we. When I first met him, it's something we instantly connected on. So I really, yeah, I really appreciate. It. I think it was um, Catatonia. I mean, it was funny. I was actually wearing a Catatonia hoodie. I don't think you realised um, when we first met, and and a wristband. But uh, they just came up in conversation. I was like, yeah, I love Catatonia. He's like, yeah, so do I. And we just instantly got talking, and we yeah, we've been to see them. Yeah, we're gonna see them now our second time. So it's gonna be awesome. I remember that show because we also saw Alcest, and I'm a big Alcest fan, a uh, big Nage fan. Um, I think uh, the stuff he does is brilliant. I know he's getting like he's coming under a lot of criticism for like a lot of the music he's doing like sounds the same or he's he's putting his fingers in too many pies. But a lot of the stuff that I've heard come from that man has been fantastic. And I've recently started listening to um, I think it's Pessy Noir, like the black metal band, and um, they're brilliant. And Audrey, the singer um, in Alcest, um, I don't know if she's in it on all the albums. I know she was on the first album, and I believe she was on the second. But they, she was also on the Amaeus's album. And that is brilliant. Again, people, if you like that, you know, don't just take my word for it. Go out, look at it on YouTube or something, or just go out and buy the fucking albums. They're they're brilliant and they're worth buying. You know, um, what else we got uh, <coughs> coming up? I've said Catatonia. Um, uh, we've got the Ocean. I'm not a big fan of the Ocean, but they're playing. Um, Machine Head. They're playing. That's going to be cool. Uh, they'll be playing. They've got the Rescue Rooms in Nottingham. Nottingham, sorry. They've got Edinburgh Liquid Rooms. They've got the Stallius in Leeds, the Waterfront in Norwich, uh, Manchester Club Academy, uh, Brighton Concord, and that's it. I don't see a London show. That's quite confusing. Uh, it's quite odd for Machine Head not to do a London show. I'm sure that must be. It must come up at some point. Um, yeah, um, they run through from the 29th, uh, 29th of um that would be July, actually. It's gone all the way up to July. I'm, I'm reading these off a website, and I've just realised that. But I've also just seen that Deaf Heaven are playing. Now, I really need to go see Deaf Heaven. But from what I see, they're not playing in London. And London's, like, my closest venue, other than, of course, the Ivy Leaf. But the Ivy Leaf's claim to fame is um, having Napalm Death play there. Which, you know, is pretty cool. But, you know, we need we need more bands at the Ivy Leaf. It's a good venue, and it's, it's close to me. Um... So yeah, so they're kind of the upcoming things. I, I'm I'm actually really excited now. Hopefully, Deaf Heaven will add a um, show to London. I know um, I was talking to someone recently, a guy called Aaron. He said he went to see them, but he said they weren't very good live. Now I've heard that before. Um, Pythonian Eye, like their Worlds I Create album, I think it's brilliant. And I always remember it. it's funny because the first time I went to see Catatonia, um, they I was in the shop in Camden, and I was there um, with my ex-wife. And uh, we're in there, and um, there we're looking through these hoodies. And, you know, it's one of these shots you go in, they expect you to buy something. You have to buy something. And so they're looking at you, and, like, you're looking at all these hoodies, like, oh, yeah, this is cool, this is nice. And then they walk up, you know, this this gothic woman, you know, she's trying too hard, you know. She's got makeup where there shouldn't be makeup, you know. And I think she was, like, Portuguese or something. She was very good English, but she was talking, and, like, she's, like, she pulled out this Bethonian eye hoodie, and she was, like, I will give you this hoodie for... Twenty pound if you can tell me, like, 
where the who this album is or name one of these albums because it doesn't actually say the album on the name of the hoodie. And I said, oh, you know, worlds I create. And she looked at me like sp- stunned. She was like, okay, you know this band. And I was like, I was lucky because I'd only recently just got into them, and um, I loved what I heard. And I thought, you know, it's a bargain. And um, but now, of course, you know, on eBay, like they said, it for like nine quid or something. I I don't think they're as popular as they thought they were going to be, but. Okay, no, I love them. And, of course, they got Jonas Rent on um, the album, uh, the song Ascending, which I absolutely love. And, um, yeah, so if you're already out there, you know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go out by the album. It's Bethany and I, Worlds I Create. It's a bit black metal-y. It's, um, I think there's members from a band called 1349, is it? I think 1349, 1379, something like that. Um, they're, in, they're, in, uh, they're in that band. And they're, I think they're really cool, but I heard that they're absolutely terrible live. So, I mean, I can't judge because I've not seen them live, but, you know, a lot of the time you take people's words for it. I went to Wasp with my girlfriend, and um, they were fantastic, but the sound was fucking terrible. And you saw this guy doing a solo. I don't know any of the Wasp people. You saw this guy doing a solo. He's really putting his heart and soul into it, but I couldn't hear a fucking thing. And I wasn't drunk. I was just staring at him like, I can't actually hear what you're saying, uh, hear what you're doing with your guitar, which it was a shame, you know, but bands do suffer that sometimes. I think that was the first time I'd actually been to a band where that actually was the problem. But um, anyway, yeah, um, I'm going to end this now. I'm going to do two more songs, and then it's going to be done. And um, yeah, I'll come back and say goodbye. Okay, so here's two more songs.
two things have occurred to me while listening to these. Uh, now it's done. Um, yeah, two things just occurred to me. The fact that those two bands sound pretty much identical, um, and yet they're totally different. They're from different countries or whatever. But um, no, actually, um, yeah, the second band, Bloodbath, um, brilliant band. Again, a mixture of Catatonia and Opeth. Now, I remember the name. It's Mike Ackerfeld. And no, I didn't research that. I actually sat and I remembered it and I was like, oh, you know, I was rehearsing what I was going to say, which is pathetic because, you know, I haven't rehearsed any of this and it's all just coming out as bibble babble. Hopefully, as time goes by, I'll sound a bit better. But yeah, Michael Ackerfeld, because it's him, he's the singer. You've got Black Him, who's the guitarist. You've got Jonas Rensk, who's the bass player. You've got Sodomizer, who is also the guitarist. He's not there anymore, though. I believe he's left because um, he left Catatonia. I don't know if he's left um, Bloodbath as well, though. But Bloodbath are kind of like a side project anyway. Um, I honestly don't know the drummer's name. I, I, I want to say it's that Lopez guy from Opeth, but I could be totally wrong. Um, but again, big Bloodbath fan. Um, I've got a few Bloodbath shirts, you know, they're really cool. And I noticed the other day, like, I was on their website, I think it was on like, the O Merch website, and I saw they seemed to be pinching old a lot of other people's logos. And I had to ask my girlfriend, because this logo looked really similar, and she um, she said, oh, it's Def. And um, I looked up Def, and it is Def. They've blatantly ripped Def off. And I don't know if they're doing that as a joke. I mean, I don't know. But, I mean, if it is done as a joke, then that's fair enough. But they're going to end up making money off, like, Def's logo, but with their name instead. But yeah, that's Bloodbath. Um, that was from the. Um, see, I'm got, I think it's Resurrection Through Carnage. Um, brilliant, brilliant CD um, from beginning to end. That song um, reminds me, though, of the guy I was telling you about earlier, the one that I went to the Cannibal Corpse gig with, because that's kind of like the only song he really liked by them. And he was like, he was. I remember being on shift, and he would be bouncing around the kitchen, you know, you know, I am eternal, you know, stuff like that. And it's like. I think it's a brilliant song, and it's um, like it's got the meat factor, you know, and it's got the movement. You can move along to it. Um, but yeah, that song reminds me of him. The first song that I played um, before before the Bloodbath one was a band called Valenfear. Um, I don't know if I'm saying that name right or Valenfire, you know. Either way, it's um, Greg McIntosh. You know, Greg McIntosh, the guitarist from Paradise Lost. It's a band that he's in. He's the singer. I believe he did the album for his dad or something. I think his dad died, or his dad was really ill, and. Um, he made this album to kind of like vent it and stuff and it's got him in it and it's got people from Bangkok at the gates um, who people are going to listen to uh, who may know or may not know I honestly haven't listened to a lot of at the gates maybe I'm going to listen to them and then possibly put them on a later show you know if I if, if I like the sound of them um, but then again you know I'll still put them on anyway because you know other people might like them um, yeah, so if anyone like listens to this, if I actually have any listeners and they have any suggestions for any songs, just like let me know. I mean, you know, I can put it on and stuff. Or if there's any local bands out there that want to be on it, then that'd be awesome. Because um, I'm hoping to someday, you know, maybe do some interviews with local bands or something like that. I mean, get Skype up and all that crap. If this takes off, it may not take off. But anyway, um, yeah, so this was the opening show of the Withered Hands podcast. Um, dedicated to music, dark and dreary and balls to the wall, you know. Um, I, I want to do more themed episodes, but of course this being the first one, I just thought I'd let it out there, play some of my favourite sort of songs. And um, yeah, I'll um, in the future I'll think more about what I'm doing. But it's been great doing it, and um, I will, yeah, I'll catch you down the line. Take care, everybody. <laughs>